0: So welcome to the End of the harvest, where we hope to bring you the confidence and clarity you need to be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life. I'm Abigail Wilson.
1: And I'm Andrew Stroud.
2: I'm Lakeith Jones.
0: <laughs> Hi, guys. It has been a real journey to start this episode today. Um, our listeners did not have to endure the conversation we had before this, all the technical difficulties, how Zach, our tech guy, decided to tell me that my chair sounded like something else when I moved right before we started. So now I'm very paranoid and I forgot to turn my phone off. So we're starting out great. How are you guys? Let's (laughs) not be about me today.
2: We're good. We're in the same room. It's been a long time since we've been in the same room it's in the true. studio. And Abby, I don't notice if you knew how I called you today. Um, I Actually, called you today. I did. Yeah. Well, did you
0: know that you called me a few days ago?
2: I did. It was intentional. I was uh, oh, admitting really? in defeat that I've joined the dark side. I'm <gasps> an iPhone user again. I say that too. I'm ashamed. so excited. <laughs> how you doing, Andrew?
1: I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm a little sad that Keith is back over on the dark side.
0: Oh, he's the, he made the right choice. You I know, mean, he has a new son. He needs to take really fabulous pictures of. Um, he needs to be able to FaceTime people like me. I'm but, all in.
1: He said that he and Steph went into the phone store, and what'd you say? She did not want to get T-Mobile. Yes,
2: yeah, her one rule was no T-Mobile. My one rule was no iPhone, and we both came out with T-Mobile, and I had an iPhone. So uh, wow. Yeah. So. Well,
1: Clearly a really skilled uh, salesperson was talking to uh, Keith and Steph, but yeah, this is the first time having uh, Keith back in studio since the quarantine. So, um, I think we're, we're close to six feet apart right now.
2: I think so. Give or take under 10, we're under 10 people in the house. So yeah.
0: All right. Well, whatever helps you guys sleep at night, I'm over here all quarantined up with my children. It's great. All right. So today we have a fun episode. Um, We love it when you guys give us feedback. We talk about it all the time. And the bonus of giving us feedback is that sometimes we make entire episodes based on your emails and your comments. And that is what we're going to be doing today. So um, our good friend um, sent us an email. I don't know. When did he send this to us? I think this Mm -hmm. was
1: actually maybe a a month or two back, but but he was trying to figure out how to comment, so we, we, we've got to... Sorry, Brian. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the easy way now, of course, we're putting the episodes up on YouTube, so it should be a lot easier to comment. I think this is an episode that goes back to last year, just before we started putting these, these episodes up on YouTube. So it took him a while to get us the comment, but I think we got it about a month ago.
0: Yes, so uh, he sent us an email about episode 45, which was titled uh, Burn the Ships, and he had some really great thoughts and questions about that episode, which is basically, I think it was the first in a whole series that we did on um, kind of heading out into the harvest, like how to get started, and that was the first episode in that series, and he um kind of questioned us about it. He said, you know hey, we could just go back over and maybe talk about when you should or shouldn't do burn the burn the ships. Uh, when should you head out into the harvest places maybe when you shouldn't. So we thought, hey, that's a great topic. We're gonna hit that up today. So basically what we're going to discuss today is when should you go all in in the harvest and maybe when you shouldn't. So that's what we're going to talk about. you guys in? You ready?
1: Yeah.
2: I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah.
1: Okay. You, you think, Abby, we should probably um, just reset a little bit by what we mean by talking about going all in in the harvest, because that, that episode, episode 45 and 46 were were very specific steps to to move outside of the traditional church structure. That's that's really what we were talking about with this phrase of going all in, going into the harvest and and burning the ships. But Yeah, maybe some context would be helpful for folks. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this specific um, series we are discussing, you know, when you kind of are stepping away from your traditional model of church and you're going to do a different, more in the harvest, in the home, in the park type um, church setting. So that was really what we were focusing on. And we gave you, I think, like five or six key things that would help you to do that. And it's really good. P.S. We all three like went back and re-listened, um, which I do not love to listen to myself. And I had a cold at that time, just tiny little trivia. So that was fun to listen to that. Um, but I think we did give some really great suggestions. So, um, you know, listen to this episode and then, Hey, if you haven't, or you don't remember those, I do suggest you go back and take a listen But specifically what we're going to talk about today is maybe you have not made any kind of life change, life decision, and you don't know whether, you know, doing the crazy stuff that Andrew Keith and I talk about and head out into the harvest places, and you are trying to decide if that's right for you, then that's what this episode's about. We're going to talk about maybe helping you make said decision. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean w- one way I've thought about it and we've tried to describe it is with with our ministry within to the harvest, there there are two pillars I think that y- you can think of. One is we believe so so the mission is to follow Jesus and to help other people follow him, to to be a disciple and to make disciples. And that's a mission that is shared by the church capital C. That's not a mission that is unique to us. Um now we're coming at that, I think, through through two important filters and the first is that Jesus is our blueprint for life and ministry and so the how we go about making disciples and sharing the faith we we really want to study Jesus and as much as possible imitate him that he is not only the the author of our faith but he serves as the best blueprint possible and we we've, we've talked before about the book Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert Coleman, he does a great job of breaking down eight principles from the ministry of Jesus. It's kind of a play on words, you know, it's it's the master plan of evangelism because it was the master's plan. And so we we follow that, that line of thinking that we aren't trying to come up with new ways of making disciples. We're really trying to focus on Jesus and follow his blueprint as much as possible. So that's the first pillar but the second pillar I would say of Into the Harvest is has to do with the where. So the first one is how we follow the example of Jesus. The second one is the where. And we believe that the best place to share the faith and make disciples is not in the sacred space, which is what we would traditionally think of a church building, um, but in the everyday places, your home, your workplace, your neighborhood, your social groups, and when we were talking about burning the ships, we were talking about making a conscious choice to shift the wear of your disciple-making from the traditional church. Um, not that that's wrong, and many people are going to be making disciples in that traditional model, but we are specifically trying to do it outside of that model. And so that's really the context that if, if, you, try, if you decide to go down that path— then burning the ships becomes very important um, because it's so tempting to straddle the two to try to be somewhat in the traditional model and yet also doing some things outside of that. And I think we would, I think we would all agree that it's, it's ideal if you just go all in, if you're going to be in the traditional model or outside of that traditional model, it's best to, uh, to commit to one or the other.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think what maybe uh, is what we want to talk about today is when you listen to an episode like that and we're telling you on our end, you know what? Burn the ships. Like, don't look back. Like, get in there. It's going to be rough. We actually said that we were like, it's going to be so hard and it's going to be this really intense experience, but it'll be worth it. We like, you know, throw that in at the end. Um, I think it's really a common as in I felt it myself feeling when you listen to that to feel nervous and to feel like, I don't think I'm personally cut out for this. (laughs) So maybe we can start with that. Um, If someone comes to you with that kind of mentality of maybe they've got a list of the reasons why their personal, like lifestyle, what's going on in their lives um, just would not work. Mike, Imagine that someone comes to you and says, I love this mission. I think it's, I'm all in. I see how it's biblical. I see how God is working in the harvest places, but fill in the blank. This is what's going on in my life. What would you say?
2: I think, I think there always is a disclaimer that this uh, call is not for everybody. Not everybody's going to be able to go and pioneer and um, be off the grid and do something different. So I really do think that we're addressing those select few that have that pull and uh, that have that desire to do something like this because that was going on in Jesus' time. Uh, I can recall the one incident with the uh, demonic man. I think it was uh, Legion, and Jesus did this miraculous things and he healed them. And uh, he's like, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Like, can I follow you? And Jesus' answer to him was no. Like, I want you to actually go back to your family. You're going to do it this way. You're not going to do this. uh, pioneer journey with us so I think I would just encourage people not to feel uh I guess guilty or pressured you know we would call out that call if somebody had it but yeah that would be my one disclaimer hmm. yeah
1: mm-hmm. Keith I know we talked a little bit just before we started recording today and I, I think you compared it some to the the call of Abraham mm-hmm. so h- how do you see like a parallel or a connection
2: yeah good question I think I think if you go back to the story of Abraham it wasn't necessarily Abraham who was burning his ships and going like, hey, I'm going to give all of this stuff up and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. God was like, hey, leave your land, leave your family, leave what's comfortable and go out to the place that I'm going to tell you. He didn't even give him a place. And I don't think Abraham is the only example. You can go look at the story of David. He was a shepherd, uh, you know, doing his thing and God called him out. Same with Daniel, completely out of his element, out of his setting, but God mm-hmm. used him uh, and called him out. So I think that God... Uh, this is on God's heart too, for some individuals that God will call you out of uh, the traditional places and into the everyday places of life. God mm-hmm. will help you burn your ships.
1: Yeah. Cause I think the question, Abigail, and, and you can, you can let me know if this is how you would word it. But I think the question that Brian was specifically asking is, you know, when should a person burn the ships and go all in and when should they not? If, if it's true that some people, um, should go down this path and look to make disciples specifically outside of the traditional church model and others are going to be working within that model how do you determine um, whether you're on one side of that question or the other and that's that's the question as i as i understood it
0: yeah and i think what you just said keith is really um helpful because if you don't feel that call then you know that's then keep going. Keep doing what you feel called to do. Um, If you heard what we said, or maybe the Lord has been speaking to you in the word, and you do start to feel that like really uncomfortable feeling that we all kind of get when God tells us to do things, and we're like, oh, this is uncomfortable, and you cannot get rid of it, then I truly believe that there are literally no good excuses. Like, it's so upsetting. I hate to tell you this, but there's just really nothing like I, you know, I, um, my husband works a full-time job. We have three children. Um, we have very busy schedules. Um, not right now. Thanks COVID. But other than that, you know, we, um, we did not seem like the, like the perfect candidates for going out into the harvest. Um, and I I know a lot of incredible people who really seem to have incredibly full plates or they have, um, you know, they struggle with illnesses or, I mean, just like think of it, name it. It's probably out there. And the point is, is that those people are still following that call. You know, like I just... Yeah, I cannot think of an example where um, you feel that in your heart and you know that there's there's something for you to do and then think, oh, but practically speaking, I shouldn't do that thing. Because right. like you said, Keith, there are so many examples in the Word of guys who it was not a practical situation, mm-hmm. and, and yet God was asking them to do it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's actually, as, as we were thinking about this, so we didn't talk too much about, what our individual answers to that question would be. (laughs) Um, but that was actually the only criteria that I could think of Abigail is it's, it's not the, the, the craziness of, of the, of the path that you're setting out on or or the practicality of it. It really is that call. So if you, if you have that burden, if you are um, sensing that the spirit is, um, drawing you to to leave that traditional model and to set out to make disciples in the harvest in the everyday places, and that burden is there, then you can't really, that's not the point to start being logical about yeah. whether or not it's a good idea, whether or not it's it's feasible. And that's why I liked, you know, Keith, his comment about Abraham, because, um, you know, to set out and to leave your home country and your father's family to a place that that the Lord will show you, is not a, is not a practical, um, is not a practical thing. And it's not something that Abraham came up with. Um, so I think that that's, that's the only criterion that I would say is if, if you're sensing that this is something that the Lord wants you to, to step into, then, then do it. And that's why I think burning the ships is so important because there will be so many logical reasons not to go down that path. And that's, that's kind of why we used the story from history with Cortez and how he, he burned the ships because everything was, was telling um, his men, not so much uh, Cortez, but his men that this was a bad idea to, to land in central Mexico and and try to take on an empire with, with 600 troops. Um, So when he burned the ships, it really focused their, their efforts, um, which was critical because they probably would have jumped back into those ships and headed for safety if they hadn't done that.
2: Yeah, I I love what you guys are saying, and I I would encourage you also just to have peace. Like there's a, as we've all learned in our lives, there's a lot of freedom in being into the harvest and doing uh, ministry and life uh, in a non-traditional setting. Um, I think you see that same thing with Jesus and his disciples. There's a lot of questions about, hey, why aren't your disciples doing what's what's the norm like hey don't stick to the script like there's a script you keep to it and you'll get through it you know and uh jesus wasn't he said no often to that like uh there's a lot of freedom um with being into the harvest and and being in everyday places impacting people for the lord but i agree with abby though there is going to be challenges but on the back end you can really see god's faithfulness and uh you can see him uh yeah deliver on some of his promises
0: Yeah, you know, it makes me think, like, just during this current season that we're all in, um, just watching the church deal with the changes that Mm. the world threw at it and uh, how that made us all react. So I, I... I saw a lot of like those people that maybe have like apostolic bents were like all in like ready to try some new things and like do some new blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you could just see like the little fires in their eyes. Like they're so excited. And then there's people like me who like hate change more than literally anything. And we're just, just the anxiety is off the charts. (laughs) And I think this is just an example of how it can be when we feel a true calling, of the lord because he gives that to every type of person. He doesn't just give it to the apostolic types who are like ready to for change and ready to do something new. So when it's given to someone like myself who like truly hates change, I I st- Usually when that happens, it just takes a while. Like God just has to be really patient with me. Mm-hmm. So he has to tell me and he has to tell me again. He has to tell Brett five or six times to tell me. And then I have to you know, agree with Brett and then I have to agree with God. And then I have to think how we're going to do that. I mean, it, it involves a lot more. It's embarrassing, honestly, how long it can take me to be obedient. So I think also there's that aspect too, like different personalities are going to tend to to jump on this faster than others, right?
2: Trying to be Moses over there, Abby, where God's got to tell you a couple of
0: times. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I I felt that on a deep level, yeah.
1: (laughs) Hey friends, thanks for watching the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to say, if you're someone who's looking for insights, ideas, and inspiration that will fuel your faith for the 21st century, then make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter, Harvest Highlights. It's free and it's loaded with resources that will help you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the description of this video back to the show. Well, maybe um I think maybe we could share a little bit from our own stories of at the outset, you know, what was it that that led us to burn the ships? You know, what what did that process look like? You know, maybe even for you Abigail, like what was it that that Made it clear to you and Brett that that moving outside of the traditional model and moving into the harvest as the as the where of um of where you were going to make disciples was what God wanted you to do.
0: You know, for us, um, that real like final cut because even though we told you guys to burn the ships i didn't have andrew there to tell me to do that when we did it so um, we did kind of straddle for a while so we were in a traditional church but we were also doing um you know groups in our home so what really like finally cut the cord were two things and it's really interesting how god knows what will personally help us so for me it was one i had a life change myself i had a baby um, which is real. That's a change. And I couldn't avoid it. I had to have the kid. And so there it was, and it changed my life. And so I was already in this mindset of change, so God shook me up. So sometimes, like things like the coronavirus, or, you know, you move, you literally move cities, or you move jobs or your family changes. God can really use those times to shake us up and like finally get our attention of like, no, Hey, I really was talking to you. I really was telling you to do this thing. And then secondly, he uses people for me. Like I can avoid change forever, but I love people. And so, um, he used this couple who could only meet with us on Sunday mornings. Um, and so we met with them because they were really hungry and they wanted to learn about Jesus. And so we started meeting with them on Sunday mornings. And so having tangible people in front of me, like I couldn't avoid that I couldn't say no to that so I think that was really kind of the Lord like I think he's always in the ultimately the Lord is kind to us and helps us to be obedient so what about you guys
1: yeah how about you Keith
2: yeah I think something that's been interesting to watch uh, has been some of these uh, do-it-yourself haircuts you know being on the other side of that I think it's pretty hilarious Um, but uh, to kind of play off of that analogy like most people in the world get their hair cut you know like uh men women kids you name it like most people get their haircut but when it comes down to actually doing a haircut as you may have noticed there's only a few people who can do haircuts uh, of many <laughs> kinds you know and uh, i think that takes you that takes someone who's willing to learn how to do it go through all of those steps so that they can offer that service later in life so i mean as you may or may not know i do cut hair sometimes and uh you yeah, know andrew's uh he's fresh so but uh, it's humbling to see people, you know, struggle with this and and not go through it but imagine if we sat together for a year and I was able to help them and guide them through the process like a, a year down the line they would be able to help someone else so i think the what drew me in early on was this desire to to get in the game i didn't want to sit on the sidelines forever like i could i could go and i can learn it could be like a passive thing but I wanted to be able to offer someone something without referring them every single time. Like, Hey, have you heard of a uh, pastor, you know, et cetera. Like uh, man, if you go to him, you, you're going to get it. Like you're, you're going to come out of that better. But I was like, if guys are willing to come to me, like I want to be able to offer them something and uh, mm-hmm. teach them how to do it too. So that they too can one day cut their own hair and not uh, butcher it over someone else's. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, what you said um, in my situation, Abigail. What you said about uh, changing, like a, a move. I think that was definitely part of it for us. We we moved down here to Southern California in in 2012, and you know I talked about this a little bit back on the previous episode, the one that we're revisiting now, episode 45. That for for us um, we we had already, in a sense, like like you, I guess, been straddling the traditional model, but a lot of our community was actually happening out in the everyday places. It was not happening um, at the particular Sunday service that we were connected with, which was on a military installation at the chapel. Um, And and the Lord had also already begun convicting me through some materials. We're going to, we'll give some recommendations here at the end, but one of the recommendations that I would give is a book by Frank Viola called Pagan Christianity. And I read that back in the mid two thousands. And it really just traces the, the development of of a lot of that model that we're familiar with the traditional model of church. And it traces back the roots of those traditions, those forms. And it's kind of a controversial book because uh, a lot of those forms have their roots in pagan practices. In fact, a lot of the, the early temples, or I should say the early churches, were converted pagan temples. Um, so I was already kind of thinking about, man, what does it really mean to be the church? And so when we moved here, we had already become convinced that the church is the family of believers that, that God wants us to be specifically committed to in a local area. And we had some friends who were already down here who were gathering outside of Sunday morning. And so we we made a, a conscious decision, Cindy and I, when we moved down here is that, well, we're gonna commit to those relationships. And those relationships at that time, they weren't gathering on Sunday morning. So we just decided, well, we're not going to straddle by going out and attending a Sunday service when these are the relationships that we're really wanting to commit to. So um, for us, I think that was, there was a process there that, that took several years. But um, when we got to the point where we were convinced that, Hey, the Lord wants us to go all in on that. That was one of the the choices that we made for sure, which, which was, Hey, we're going to opt out of the Sunday service at the outset.
0: Yeah. You know, I, what you just said there about it taking years. It does, guys. It takes years. So, what we're trying to kind of get across to you um, is a culmination of a lot of times. So, don't feel discouraged if you're at the front end of this, if you're just hearing about it for the first time. Um, we're going to kind of give you now, like, just a little catalog list of some great episodes that we've done and then some other resources that we think would really help you if you are at that front end and you're still like in that struggle with God about your personal calling and what that should look like and how that should play out. So um, for sure, we want you to go back and and listen to episode 45, which is the burn the ships episode and then 46 as well, right? Cause that's the second part to that one. Right. But then we also did um some episodes that ba- episode nine nine, nine yeah. and ten, <laughs> nine and ten that were um really about the core biblical um stance that we're standing on when we say, "Go out in the harvest and how we truly believe that it is a calling from Jesus for literally all of us. So how it may look may be different, but we do think it's for every single one of us as believers. Um, So those four episodes, for sure. Anything else, guys, what else should people be looking into?
2: I I just wanna uh, add on what you just said, Abby. You'll see our journey too, how we started out. Uh, I think episode 45 was our first time using video. So uh, you'll you'll see how far we've come. I'm used to looking at you guys. Exactly. (laughs) But uh, I guess for me, I would just real quickly say that just find a promise from God. Like mm-hmm. the scripture is full of, of promises of uh, God blessing you when you trust him and move out. And uh, I won't tell you which ones or which ones uh, that you should be looking at because uh, I think God will, will reveal that in time. So spend some time with the Lord and word and prayer and uh, search the scriptures for those promises because they're in there.
1: Yeah, so uh, we'll put links to those episodes. Uh, Zach uh, will put those in the uh, video description if you're watching this on YouTube or in the show notes for the podcast. But uh, yeah, episodes 9 and 10 for sure just lay the groundwork for what Church in the Harvest looks like. And then uh, episodes 45 and 46 really talk about, well, what does it take to move into the harvest, if that's something that the Lord is is calling you to um, like I said, I would I would recommend people um, picking up a copy of that book, pagan Christianity. I think that that's um, a, a very eye opening book, and it's helpful just to know. I think the biggest thing it did for me is that it, it shows that the the model itself is not sacred. Um, it's what we're familiar with, so it feels sacred, but it is not sacred. And that, that book can really help people just know the, the history of, of the church and how we got to where we are today. Um, and then I would actually encourage people to do a, a study on the, the call of God. And um, we've actually, we've actually got one of those that an online study that we can link to in the uh, video description as well, because that's, I do think that that is the deal breaker is if you're convinced that the Lord wants you to take this step of faith, then it's really not a question of rationalizing it. Uh, and, but it's also not a question of having all the answers. Like you may not know. I don't think any of us kind of knew how it was going to play out. Like, like he said earlier, we didn't have a step-by-step. We still don't, by the way, um, a step-by-step. Like how is this going to look? So don't. if you feel uncertain because you don't know what it's going to look like or how it's going to play out, um, that's okay. Um, if you've got that clarity that the Lord has called you to take this step, that's that's everything.
2: Yeah, Shout out to Matt, Matt Cheo. He gave me a copy of Pagan Christianity. I'm hoping to read it soon. So
0: <laughs> Nice. Well, and that study that you mentioned is really key, guys. Um, I think that's probably what started the whole process in my own heart. Um, I did not see that this is where I was going to end up in life. So uh, definitely get in the word, Keith and Andrew both said that. And I think that that's really where it starts. Um, you seek the Lord and ask him to give you direction and he a hundred percent will. So whatever your giftings look like, you may find yourself out there with us and we can't wait to see you there. So uh, we hope this helped you. We hope this encouraged you wherever you fall on the scale of knowing where, <laughs> where you fall, whether in the harvest or um, in a traditional church setting. Um, but we would love to hear from you about this episode. Leave some comments. We want to hear um, what Brian thinks too. So, Brian, if you're listening. Let us know if we uh, scratch the itch that you had. Um, so, guys, thank you. This was a fun episode, and hopefully, we'll we'll kind of review uh, more past episodes. Who knew we'd done so many? <laughs> All right, it's been fun. See you next time. Bye, guys. Right, Bye,
1: guys. Bye.